A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Have it to get 30, 30, bit to get 30, bit to get 20, 20, 20, bit to get 20, 20, bit to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello and welcome back to In The Pink, the podcast with me, Natalie Pinkham. Thank you so much for all your feedback and thoughts on Denise Van Outen. She's brilliant, isn't she? (laughs) What a woman. Uh, My producer is just nodding his head at me. Oh yeah, she's brilliant. My next guest is equally brilliant. He's been on our screens for over 20 years and something of a comic legend. But... Behind all the pranks and laughter, there have been some real lows for him. A battle with alcoholism and recovery from a heart attack in his early 30s. The name Peter Dale may not mean that much to you, but when I say tubes from Soccer AM, well, you all know who I'm talking about. It's my great pleasure to welcome tubes onto In The Pink. Now, you first came to all of our attention via Soccer AM. I mean, this has got to be well over a decade ago, hasn't it? It was. Uh, do you know what? I did work experience when I was 16. And, uh, and you're now 47. <laughs> yeah, and I'm now 54. <laughs> uh, no, I'm 37. So <gasps> it's 21 years. So I started no off making teas, uh, coming in every Saturday morning working for free. And uh, then Lovejoy went... I quite like you, you're all right, you can come back. So I came back the next year, came back the next year, working for free, loved it. Like I was a massive football fan, well, still am. I was like, oh, my God, I'm eating footballers every week. Like I'm picking them up from the gatehouse, making them teas. I was like, this is wicked, this is so cool. And then I was like one day away from going to university, Canterbury Christchurch. I was like, oh, I'm going to be a mess at university. I was like, when I come back, I'll come and help soccer on a Saturday. And I got a call from a woman who used to work here called Pippa. She went, um, what are you doing tomorrow? I said, I'm going to university. <laughs> she went, no, you're not. Um, I've had Lovejoy up here, said, I have to give you a job. I was like, oh. She went, yeah, but you're not on Soccer AM because there's no spaces. But Tim said, give him a job somewhere so then we, when there's a space on Soccer AM, he can come across. So I phoned up the university. I was like, all right. They're like, oh, yeah, looking forward to tomorrow. You know, the induction and Freshers' Week and all that. I went, I'm not coming. They went, you what? No, well, they weren't happy. Next day, I was a runner in the sports library. Just like that? Just like that. Now, I don't know whether that is a good or a bad life lesson to teach young'uns, because do you have any regrets about not getting a degree? I mean, could you have done the two sort of side by side? I don't think I'd be where I am now. If I went to university. It's all about seizing opportunities, isn't it? I think so, because I wouldn't have done any work. I would have partied the whole time and I wouldn't have got... I was never good at schoolwork. 
I, I tried so hard. why were you going to go at all? Because I was going to do sport. I was right. going to study sport, right. sport science. Right. To become a PE teacher, maybe. I right. don't know. I don't yeah. know. I didn't. When I was younger, I had no idea what I wanted to do. So, so you were sort of doing it because you felt like you should. Because everyone, that's what everyone does, isn't yeah. it? Like, and you like to go piss up. Well, yeah, basically. Yeah. <laughs> and I thought this would be wicked. Yeah. Um, and so me and my mate were supposed to be going. And I just had to phone my mate up. Only two of us. He was like, what? Oh, all right, mate. Sorry, pal, I'm going Sky Sports tonight. <laughs> <laughs> and actually, this would probably be the first place you'd have applied after getting your degree exactly. anyway. So, so I, you just fast-tracked the system. Well, yeah, and I had, a, I had a way in. I was working on the best football show going. Um... I made a few appearances on the box, which I was absolutely shit scared of, but mm. I did it dressed in a nappy with a can of beer, but and bizarrely to, went on to be an alcoholic. But yeah, that's that's for later on. But yeah, so I th- you know, it was a no brainer. There's a job for you here at Sky. You were yeah. earning, I don't know, 10 grand a year. I was like, oh, amazing. Yeah. So cool. Or, well, then come out with a load of debt from uni. Exactly. Listen, I'm not trying to discourage anyone from going no, to uni because I'm, I'm a big fan of that, but yeah. I would agree that you have to really want it and you have to have an idea about the direction that your life's going to go in. Yeah, and, and actually, if you always wanted this, then why wouldn't you go for but it? I love football and I was quite good at football until I sort of found other sort of hobbies to do and then muck it all up. So the second best job in my world is to work in football. Mm. Not to, If you weren't going to be a professional footballer, yeah. to work in football. So then someone says, come and do soccer every Saturday... In the in the week, you'll be in the sports library looking at football footage, or you can go to Canterbury Christ Church and have a right old session every week and do a bit of work and probably come out with a two two or two three whatever whatever it may be. So I thought, you know what, I'm coming, I'm coming yeah. to Sky. So yeah, Don't I've been here, I've been here ever since. And it's you've kind of grown with the show, haven't you? Your your role has got increasingly big. Did uh, did that surprise you? How kind of well received you were initially, and then. The fact that you kind of took the audience with you on that journey—it's been lovely, actually. Yeah, it's been great. It's been great, and I'm really thankful to all like. It sounds weird, but like the people who watch it, like the fans of the show, whatever—they're always so nice to me. And it's like, believe it or not, I'm quite shy. Still am, but when I was younger, I was so shy. So the thought of being on television was like, you're joking. But then obviously Tim was like, "Are you doing this this week? You're coming out with one of the soccer lockers doing." And I was like. And I, I swear to God, Natalie, I was shaking like that. Like that. And I was like, trying to do impressions. Can't do impressions. They were just all laughing. Like, ah. And then I was Peter the Test Tube Baby. And I, me- <laughs> I remember it. I remember it to this day. I got cool. I was in the sports library. So hang on, is that, is that where tubes came from? Yeah. Oh, my God. It's a fantastic story. I never story. even knew that. <laughs> it's, a, it's a fantastic story. <laughs> so... I got a call from the sports library. We were back in the old building, so the sports library was below Soccer M. Tim was like, oh, hi, Pete. Um, can you come upstairs? I was like, yeah. And he went, right, um, that little shit rocket's gone on holiday. You don't do that in the football season, do you? And I was like, no, 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 you don't. And went, so he can't be lobster boy. Because he used to be, he used yeah. to come out as a lobster, okay. lobster, lobster, fish, fish, to bring the balls out of the end game. And he went... So, um, how do you fancy being Peter the Test Tube Baby? I was, oh I was like, I was like, um, uh, sounds a bit weird, Tim. So weird. Yeah, um, Peter the Test Tube Baby. <laughs> he went, yeah, basically, mate. Um, there was a band in the seventies called Peter and the Test Tube Babies. Your name's Peter, so we're going to dress you up as a baby. I went, oh, fantastic! It was November, freezing. So I was like, w- w- when you say dress me up like a baby, like, w- what do you mean? 
because I thought you're not going to get a nappy my size. He went, no, we're going to get the runner to go down to um, home base and she's going to buy a rug, big white rug, and you're going to wrap it around you and then put white gaffer tape around like a big nappy. And as he's saying this, I'm looking at him like, are you all right? And he went, can I go back to uni, please? Yeah, I was like, yeah, Canterbury Christ Church, you've got that space, I'm coming. And he went, he went, yeah, 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 so we're going to put the conga music on. And I was like, this is just getting proper weird. I was looking at him like, this is this is not real. And he went, yeah, and you're going to have a can of beer. I went, when does a baby ever have a can of beer? He went, yeah, so you're going to come out with the balls, have a can of beer, and then just do what you want. He was like, you up for it? I went, he went, don't have to if you don't want to. I went, yeah, yeah I'll give it a go. <laughs> so the next morning, I'm stuck behind the the, the, um, oh. the, the soccer AM game, in a, wrapped in a bath, no, what's it called, the, the mat yeah. they put on the toilet floor, yeah. freezing, my nipples are rock hard. I've got a can of beer, I'm like that, ah, get, get, get behind, I'll get some Dutch, Dutch courage. Yeah. And then I just hear, then I've just walked out, and everyone's going, what the going on here it's a hairy man in a nappy doing the conga so I just started like uh, I just put the beer I made I was like yeah legendary legendary I was like uh, just cracked it on my head and I went yeah and just chucked the balls and went off they were like oh my god that's amazing I was like my mum was like uh, darling I saw you on the TV today um <laughs> What are you doing? And I was like, uh, Mum, uh, yeah, I'm Peter the Test, you baby now. She's like, oh, I think you should have gone to university. <laughs> and then, so that went on for ages. And then I'll be like, going like in Epsom, like on the lash with the lads. And then we're like, you, Peter the Test, you baby. <laughs> and I was like, this is weird. Gets more and more surreal. Yeah. yeah. And then Tim goes, yeah, Peter the Test, you baby. I was like, yeah. He was like, it's a bit long, in it, Peter, to test you, baby? I went, yeah, yeah. He went, let's just call you Tubes. I went, all right. That's it. And that's the story. That, do you know what? Tim has got this amazing mind, hasn't he? Oh. We, I, I talked to him on this podcast, yeah. and uh, he kind of went into the fact that he, he'd had some... He's been dealing with depression for a long time, yeah. but and he's kind of got, almost got this alter ego. But there is no doubt in his mind that he comes up with these crazy ideas that just seem to work. And I think from the outside looking in, what he identified in you was something really special because you were shy, because <laughs> yeah. you are shy. It's really likable. It's really endearing. You're not there to sort of jazz hand show off to the world. No, You're just like, and I think speaking as a fan of the show and a football fan and a fan of yours, I think Thank that's you. what makes, I think that's what makes people want to watch you because they feel like they're your mate, like yeah. a one on, you think oh, I could go out for a beer with him and actually fair. he's a, he's just a normal bloke, he's not all singing, all dancing, you know, in a sort of vain, narcissistic sense. Yeah. Do you I, know I, what I mean? I totally don't and I appreciate your kind words as well but I think that was the fact that what, the sort of basis behind Soccer M getting so popular yeah. it was like loads of, just the, load just of blokes yeah. Yeah. who didn't really want to be on TV yeah. like you had Robbie Knox like yeah. fixtures man like these and he's like everyone's like he's not comfortable and then yeah. I'd come out as a baby yeah. not comfortable drinking beer with Fenner's doing yeah. you know all these people are just and normal blokes you're just basically Tim's playthings yeah just like yeah, you're, you're, you can be a baby for three years uh, alright cheers Tim uh, so yeah, it was um, but there, I guess there is a sense in all of us as viewers that it's like that slight butter clenching moment isn't it that makes it quite compelling to watch yeah, that's what I mean. yeah. 
Because we even say that about Martin Brundle's Gridwalk. Yeah, I don't yeah. know if you've ever watched yes, it. I have, yeah, yeah. But obviously he's he's a brilliant broadcaster. But it's that sense of jeopardy that you don't quite know what's going to happen next exactly. that makes you watch more. Yeah. And you sit there going, oh, Christ, this is really painful, but I've just got to keep watching. Yeah, exactly. You know, especially if someone blows him out and doesn't know who he is and, you know. Yeah. And he goes, oh, that didn't work out so well. He does take it quite well, though, when he takes it brilliantly. he's so good, to be fair. I've but seen that's it a few it. times. I think people would much rather watch that than sort of A polished presenter rehe- speaking, exactly. oh, ho, look who's just turned up here yes. to my right, yeah. waiting for you. Do you know yeah. I mean, yeah, I totally agree. I love all that. Yeah. I suppose, and it makes you more human, doesn't it? Yeah, I suppose that's why all the when I started being a rapper <laughs> kicked off as well, because people are like, oh, my God, what's he going to do now? What's he going to chuck on his head? Or what Hollywood A-listers are going to upset? Do you know what I mean? So, yeah. I suppose that's... I used to watch that from behind a pillow, because I was like, oh, oh my God, what's he going to say? I used to bloody do it behind a pillow. Yeah. I was like, what am I doing now? That, that was the scariest times I've ever had. In the Pink is sponsored by Bose, who've been perfecting the art of sound so you can listen in unrivaled quality and comfort. The new Bose noise cancelling 700s take it to a whole other level. So you'll always hear what you want in perfect quality, no matter where you are. Also... Be heard like never before with their unrivaled four microphone system, which isolates your voice whilst cancelling the noise around you. Always stay connected with Bose's first-of-its-kind augmented reality function that will change the way you think about travel, exercise and learning. Never be caught out because they have an excellent 20 hours of battery life. And for all you fashionistas, they come in black and silver so you can fit them around your style. Treat your ears with the new Bose Noise Cancelling 700s, a sound experience like never before. Now, back to our interview. But were there occasions where it did fall flat and you were like, oh, fuck, that was painful? Yeah, I got the rap wrong a few times. Forgot (laughs) my words. Uh, Loads of times. Go on, think of of one that stands out. Who was that girl who was in My Name Is Elle? Nadine Mm. Nagrastris? But I completely blew it with her. Yeah, because I was trying to be all cool and I was asking for a date. I went to do a rap. I can't remember what I said. And it just went wrong. And the whole audience just went, rah. It wasn't the one where she said, do we get to go for a curry? Was it that one? No. There was one. No, no. There was one. Who was that? Uh, she was like, you're well fit. Will you go for a curry? Or no, yeah. I can't remember. Uh, that was, I think that was Carmen Electra. What? Yeah. God, I, you've had some massive stars, oh, haven't you? there's been some big ones. There's been some weird ones as well. <laughs> like, I remember when... Um, Bruce Willis, yeah. I turned up. Oh, my God. It's mad. But when you, you must know. You've done all this before. When you go to a junkie, you have to sit outside the room, don't you? Waiting like that, like you're going to, into our sport room. <laughs> like, index, please, like that. And I'm like, fuck it. I've seen, like, two, three geezers run out of the room, like, sprinting. I'm like, oh, my God, someone's been, someone's seriously ill. I'm like, oh. like, in George. George, little t- T-shirt and me rubbish, little jeans and me yeah. little Converse, everyone's yeah. suit and boot, like, oh, yeah, go see you, Bruce, yeah, I'm like, yeah, whatever. They've sprinted past me, everyone's going, what's up, what's up? And they're like, Bruce is hungry. I'm like, what? They were literally doing 100 metres because Bruce Willis said he was hungry. So I was like, right, OK, this is not, this is not good. And then they came out and went, yeah, um, tubes, yeah. Um, about the rap... <laughs> I went, yeah. They went, what are you going to say? I was like, I have no idea. I said, I'm just trying to think about it now. They went, yeah, we don't know if Bruce would like it. I went, oh. And I'm thinking, in deep down, I'm going, well, that's brilliant. That's why I want him not to like it. So it's all weird. They went, 
can you rap to an empty chair? And then we bring Bruce in for the question. I went, absolutely not. How's that going to work? Were you that assertive? I think that's quite brave. Oh, yeah. I was like, well, I said, well, no. The whole point is to see their reaction to what some tubby fella from Cobham trying to be a rapper, do you know what I mean? I went, that's not going to work, is it? But anyway, he was great. Uh, Denzel Washington had me in a headlock going down the Savoy Hotel, which was the weird... That was a great one. I've walked into the room, and then all these ITV people, BBC... They all like used to sit in the middle talking amongst each other like they're like good mates with the film stars. I used to sit in the corner and play Snake on Nokia. And um I went, Are you here to do Denzel? I went, Yeah. <laughs> I've not just turned up at wherever it is, Claridge's for a laugh to sit with you lot. I went, He's gonna hate you. I went, Oh, that's fantastic to know. What what are you gonna ask him? What's the rap? I was like, I don't know. Like so did you honestly not know? Did you not I, work it well, out no, until no, the moment? Because I used to get there like an hour before. Yeah. So I used to sit in the corner just doodling. I was like, like, Den, Den, Denzel. And I used to just pick three or four words that wrapped and would random and then just make it up. Uh, or sometimes I thought about it on the way, on the train. So I was like, they were like, you know, he's got a bad reputation, you know. I was like, okay, well, you know. And I, I took it as... I'm never going to see him again. Yeah. Denzel's not going to say to me after, do you want to go for a beer or anything, is he? Let's be honest. So I thought, I don't care if he doesn't like it. So I've gone in, and he's all like serious. I'm like, oh, hi, Denzel, nice to meet you. He's like, hey. So I said, oh, you're top man, you are Den. I've been rapping since I was 10. Ooh, <laughs> rapping's for life, not just for Christmas. Like that, and I've gone, and I was like, there's no noise, and I've got my head down like that. And I've just lifted my head up. And he's just, look at that. He's just staring at me. I went, hey, we're right, the ITV lot. He's, he's going to go absolutely flip mode. And then all of a sudden, he was brilliant. I was like, anyway, he was like, shut up. I went, oh. I was, I was like, yeah, yeah, I, mean, I really like you. He was like, shut up. And I was like screaming. I was like, yeah, but he's not. I could tell he wasn't being serious. And it just went into this brilliant sort of dialogue of just nonsense. He was like, what would your mum say? I should have, she'd be like, oh, wow, you're sitting next to Big Denzel like that. And he was like creasing up. So anyway, he got me in a headlock. He was going, that was, hey, man, get this guy back. And he walked me all down the corridor, no. past all the ITV lot who just went, for the, 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 for the sake of the podcast, they all just turned their heads and went, he was like, tubes, don't fuck with big tubes. <laughs> like, and they were like, it went okay then, did it? <laughs> it was all right. So there's loads that of that. That actually says a lot about him. He I was think cool. it's always people's reactions that, you know, you learn a lot about that person yeah. in that moment. He was great. And big respect as a result. Are you surprised at the enduring success of the show? What do you think it's down to? Obviously, other, aside from your no, unique I, talent. I went back in the day when it first started with Lovejoy, it was amazing. Mm. Because you could get away with a lot more back in the day, obviously, mm. rules and TV, so we could do sort of, you know, sort of risky things, mm. um, language-wise and stuff like that. Mm. And it was cult, do you know what I mean? Mm. It was brilliant. And then, obviously, Love, Lovejoy left. Lovejoy left um, and took Fennings with him. Fennings was a massive part of that show. He's one funny, funny man. Sheephead, Robbie Knox, they all went to do something different. And I was about to go with them. And do you know what? I'm so glad I didn't. Because unfortunately, the thing they were doing didn't really work. Mm. 
and because all that talent left, soccer went downhill. We were still trying to do that stuff, but without them, mm. and it was it was crap. And I was, and I knew it as well. But I was, but again, I was still that young boy who was like, I've got the best job in the world. Mm. Did you regret at that point not going with them? No. Before you knew that. Well. I mean, hindsight's a wonderful thing. Yeah, true. It? But Tim wanted, Tim needed, he needed Fennis, he needed Sheephead, he needed Robbie Knox. Mm. He didn't necessarily need me and Rocket at that time because we were still like the young boys. One was really bad at rapping and the other could dress as a lobster. Do you know what I mean? Mm. So we weren't, we weren't important to his sort of new project. Mm. But he did say, he did phone up a few times and right, just working on getting you over, getting you over. But I'd, I'd heard that it wasn't going too well. Mm. And I was like... I wonder why it didn't. I think it was that too was Channel B, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, I think it was too early. Yeah. I think if they did it five years ago, it would be a multi-millionaire, multi-million pound business. Yeah. But I think they tried to do the YouTube thing a bit too soon. And I don't know, but their slogan was new content every day. That's not easy to do, no. especially when you're working for someone like Tim Lovejoy, who's a perfectionist. Tim would look at things going, no, not good enough, not going out. That's why the show was so good. Mm. But on the other hand... That's a lot if of work. You're, if you're trying to do new stuff every day, and there's only a small group of them. Mm. So I think it just... I don't know what happened. I didn't really speak to him about it. I just knew it didn't wasn't going too well, so... But you're right, timing's everything, isn't it? I was lucky again. Do you know what I mean? I was lucky when I got the work experience through Martin Tyler. I was lucky that Tim said give him a job for one day before university. I was lucky that I stayed here and all that. Um, but yeah, get back to your original question. It, it died on its arse a bit. And mm. people were like, you know, I'd go to like Chelsea and that like, soccer is not really good anymore, is it? And I'd be like, oh, yeah. it, and deep down thinking, no, you're right, it's at, at, at a tosh. Do you know what I mean? I was like, we're trying to be funny. We haven't got the clientele to be as funny as that lot. Let's try and move it into a new direction. But... Then Fenners came back three, four years ago and we've had to rebuild everyone's perception of the show. And you know what? I think we're doing a good job of it. I mm. think a lot of people now, in fact, I know a lot of people now, like footballers, punters, are now saying, soccer is good again, isn't it? And yeah. that, you know, I'll yeah. get a buzz from that, you know yeah. what I mean? So you still get the odd people like, bring back love, joy, bring back love, joy, but then Max left, bring back Max. It's like the same people. Yeah. But still watch it every week. But the viewing figures will show that we are back. So yeah. it's great. Because, you know, some would say, well, football will always be popular. So this kind of spin-off show would always be popular. That's not always the case. No. And, um, yeah, it's interesting that it's sort of had to trough maybe a bit to then peak again. Uh, but do you feel like you've got the dynamic right between all of you now? Obviously, totally. Lloyd's left for... Uh, does that change things? Does, that, does, it, does it feel different? Mm. Well, there's, there's one less person on the sofa. Yeah. But Lloyd's a great guy. Lloyd's a great guy. Mm. Um, does it change? I don't think. I don't think it changes a lot. No. Mm. Um, obviously, we miss him, but I think Fellas and Jimmy are brilliant, mm. and it maybe gives them a bit more space and time. I think so. Over. I think in an hour and a half show, um, maybe three people was maybe too much sometimes. Mm. But Lloyd was funny. Lloyd would brought all the sort of comedy to it, you know, with his accents and, you know, he's, he's really, really funny. So obviously we miss that, but then we get our guests to do that. So instead of having an actual funny man, mm. you're laughing at the person trying to do it. Like, I've done it the last three weeks. I'm useless. 
I can't read all cues. So I'm like, blah, 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 do you know what I mean? So that's funny in a different way. Mm. Whereas, uh, I, don't, I don't think it's changed massively. I think it's it's brilliant. Do you know what I mean? Like Jimmy's, I, you could, I could watch Jimmy all day. Oh, yeah. I mean, the guy's a lunatic. Yeah. But I will say about Jimmy, he's a lovely lunatic. He's um he's a great, great person. Mm. And, and that makes a difference. I mean, I think everybody works that much harder when you actually get on with each other, doesn't exactly. it? The, the team unity now is amazing. Yeah, that's amazing. Along with Bose, In The Pink is sponsored by Tag Heuer, Swiss avant-garde since 1860. Excellence, precision and elegance. Their timepieces are designed for those who love challenges, which is a great fit for this podcast because most of the guests share that sentiment. So, do you have half an eye on what next? Like, you've got to sort of always have an exit strategy at the back of your mind, or at least have fingers in other pies just so that you can... Because, as we know, TV is a fickle thing. Mm, And linear television is definitely um, declining, like, the way to consume content, and it has obviously been, as you say, probably the last five years, it's been trying to generate more stuff. You've got a YouTube channel. Tell tell me about that. Uh, it's a YouTube channel. It's we <laughs> did call it YouTube's, which was I thought a stroke of genius. I was buzzing about it, going way, but then realised that no one was subscribing to it or watching. And I was like, I've just released a golf video with John Terry and Jimmy Bullard, and everyone. And I just read the comment section, going, "Can't find this. Can't find this on Instagram and Twitter." And what had we done? We're calling it YouTube's, but that's literally one more letter to YouTube mm. so you type in YouTube so they go do you mean YouTube do you know what I mean so no one could find it uh. so then one of my YouTube friends you know one of the geeks who knows all the uh, analytics and stuff went don't call it that that's really bad it's a great name it's a great name but you're but undermining you, no, your, no yeah. one's going to see any of your content so we just call it Tubes and it's basically sort of a golf golf and football channel but when they were the golf, it's like it's like a podcast, but on a golf course and visual. So we're playing. It's the four hole <laughs> challenge. We play four holes, and we just talk about the career and you know the personal life and everything. So we've done John Terry, uh, Sidwell, done Begovich, Matt Fitzpatrick. That was our first golfer we had. He was awesome. Beef's going to do it next uh, next week. He's amazing. Uh, Justin Rose. <clears throat> uh, we've had Charlie Austin. And then off the off the back of that, we have like uh, you, me, and a par three. So we play like a par three, and the loser has to do a forfeit. So I've had Wayne Bridge uh, walking off the green like a dog. <laughs> I've flossed while John Terry's driving a golf cart. What else have we had? By the uh, way, you should. I wish that we were filming this podcast because you're doing little demos. <laughs> yeah, each one, you know. Oh, there's been loads of stuff. Uh, <laughs> Matt Fitzpatrick hit five golf golf balls up my um my ass. Oh. That really I wondered hurt. if you were going to say us. <laughs> you did actually say us. That really hurt. Oh, there's loads of it. it. There's loads of it. And yeah, and, and then and there's football videos as well. There, interviews and stuff like that. So it's going really well. I'm surprised. And how I'm important surprised. is that to you? You know, to be sort of carving your own niche in a way because you you have been part of a you know the, a bigger picture for twenty odd years, and um, and it does feel like important for you to you know. Yeah. take a bit of control of what you're doing and, and stamp your own sort of mark on things yeah I mean I love interviewing people so for me to do that and I can there's no time restrictions on YouTube and I was shocked Natalie I thought when I started doing the four hole challenges 
I thought, no one's going to sit there and watch me play golf with a footballer for 45 minutes. Mm. They're going to watch the funny little ones, like catching balls in a bucket and stuff like that. But that's the one. They're the ones that have absolutely flown. Mm. Like, Bullard's now on over a quarter of a million. Fitzpatrick's already on 130,000. It's like... And they were only seven months old, the channel. So, yes, it's important... I don't want to leave Soccer M because Soccer M is still on the up. Yeah. And if we carry on, we'll get it, we'll get it back to the best it's ever been. Like, and it's not far now, in my opinion. Others may disagree. But, like you say, you never know. Sky bosses might go, we don't want any more live shows. And mm. then you go, ah, what shall I do then? But because I think Soccer M has stood the test of time, I'd be really surprised, but as you say, yeah, who, you, who you knows? never know, you, know, you, you know, never know. But I do also think that, well, two key things. If footballers are watching the actual... Uh, protagonists, if you like, of, of your show are actually watching it. That's a big tick, isn't it? Oh, and the footballers do respond so well to you. You know, goes back to the likable factor. If they can talk to you in a way that I don't know, I think some journalists, reporters well, might s- just some be too clever. To, trying to, too Trip clever. Yeah, yeah, that's more yeah. like it. They're trying to get a story. Yeah. Whereas I just ask them, like, yeah. do you know what I mean? It's like, it's yeah. not that I go to pubs anymore, but I, I call it a pub chat. So yeah. I don't take notes in. I don't stop. Yeah. We play four holes, we play four holes. Or if I go and do an interview for Soccer M, I make bullet points the day before, or if I'm on the train on the way up, I just memorise those bullet points, yeah. chuck the piece of paper away yeah. and just go bang. Yeah. Probably similar to what you do. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I feel it, I don't it's see, much you know, more natural. I don't. I, I really genuinely don't like it when people take a sheet of notes to an interview because it. Di- I don't know. There's a sense of detachment then, isn't there, from your subject, from your interviewee? I once saw one of the presenters here do it. I'm not going to mention the name. They're not. They're not here anymore. After each question, mm. stopped, and I was. Mm. The geezer is interviewing. Was just like. It's not a conversation, no. and you will not get any good stuff out of them because no. they're just going. Well, he's just a mm. robot. Mm. You've got to just talk for fifteen minutes and cut the best five. Yeah, in my opinion. My opinion. And you've referenced it a couple of times now. Um, the problems that you did have with alcohol. Where, where do you think that stemmed from originally? How many years are we going back now? When did you think the problem started? Um, if I'm being honest, I knew I had a sort of a problem at probably 16 really yeah because I didn't I didn't drink like normal people I, I drunk because I like to get drunk mm. if that makes sense and because I was shy I used to have a few beers I mean to because I didn't because I used to go to parties we like there's around my area there's three schools that was like Howard Thurfield and St Andrews and I knew a few people from each but they used to have these massive parties but I'd be petrified going because I didn't know half the people so I'd drink to calm the nerves and then when I started being a bloody full size baby and getting recognised like going to Chelsea everyone was like oh do you want a beer like you're a legend mate and I was like well not really am I I'd just dress in a nappy and do the conga dance but then I'd be walking into a pub and people would look at me so I'd be like really nervous so I'd always be sort of Dutch courage they call it mm. innit? so I'd just have a few beers but it got a real problem I think when my dad died a year after that. So how old were you then? Oh, I think it was about about, tw- about twenty. I think I was thirty when Dad died. 
was it was it a shock? Ago. Was it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was. No, no, what did he? What did he die of? There was, there was post-mortem. We haven't really found out. Mm-hmm. Basically, it was a mistake, which is a bit annoying because my auntie went the same as well. My, my auntie went in with a bad back, but she was actually pooing through her own bowel, so that got settled out of court. So it was all of those. So dad, yeah, I was with dad uh, the day he died as well. So it was traumatic. And so, what sudden? Yeah, yeah, we went in. I, well, he said, son, pack some overnight clothes. I think I've got to stay in because his stomach was swollen. Yeah. Next thing I knew, he was like going, like, you know, fit if you like. And just wheeled him away quickly. When I say wheeled him away quickly, loads of the, the alarms started going off. They took him away and then he never came back. Do you know what I mean? What? So, madness. And how old was he? Uh, he was about 60 odd. Not, not, not old. And we, he was like my best mate, do you know what I mean? Oh. So, so I was like, I was like, but it took about six months to a year. Mm. Then I got that post-traumatic stress mm. and like depression and stuff. And my initial, my first thing I did was write drink. And then what, it, to sort of lose yourself? Yeah, just like dampen the pain. Mm. But then I got addicted to it. Like I'd wake up in the morning and I'd be like, if I'd been out the night before, that is, I'd buy for the next morning. So I'd have little bottles of vodka stored under the bed. And I, obviously I moved, I was living in Ballam, so I moved back to Mum's house to look after Mum because she was distraught, you know what I mean? So I moved back. So I was just hiding it from everyone. So I'd have different hiding places for vodka. So when I woke up, I'd be like, bang, bang, and I'd be like, oh, I feel all right now. So I was constantly drunk until it got to like four days. And I was like, I've got to go to work. And then I'd be, like, depressed again. But when I, you use that word depressed, I was depressed properly. Because people say, oh, that was a hangover. If you're going to drink vodka straight, you're going to feel down. So I don't think that's depression, do you know what I mean? Mm. But the, the reason I did all that is because I didn't know what was going on. Like, I'd be, like, outside, sober. Hadn't had a drink in some Frazier. I'd be, like, having panic attacks and... Like bad feelings about dad and that day and all that, I'd be like, you know, when you just sort of like self worthless, like you just don't want to do like. So I drunk basically and then got addicted to it, and it just got ridiculous. I made the newspapers for being drunk, got called in here, people going like. Luckily, they saw me that night. It was one of the boxing nights. So I was went to the boxing, and Barney at the time, who's the managing director of Sky, was like, I saw you that night, and I was. You were getting like a load of people going, Roger, and you were brilliant. You dealt with it amazing. So I don't know what happened afterwards, but I'm just judging on what I saw. So I got away with that, <coughs> but I was drunk the next morning. Mm. And I thought, if I leave really early, I can beat all the people. Like, just get home, do you know what I mean? Chill out. But everyone else got, had the same idea. So I got to Manchester, Air, uh, Manchester train station, there was like hundreds of people. Hey, drink like that. I was like, oh, Christ. Were you on your own? Yeah, yeah. Because mm. I woke up on some random hotel room with loads of other. Well, you just went back with some Scotland. fans. I don't. No, oh, yeah. no. It was like work people. Oh right. Okay. I, I didn't know what I was doing. When oh. I was drunk. I never like. I do you used have, like, do, like, do you have? Did you have memory loss the next oh, day like as well? Every weekend. Yeah, really. So I was a ticking time bomb. Mm. So I got arrested for drunken disorder. It was a stitch up that I found out. That someone took a photo and gave to the Sun newspaper, mm. but then my mum saw that and then she was like, 
So like she's getting over dad, and then she's seeing a dickhead of a son in the newspaper. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Tubes arrested on the tube. So that happened twice, and then it's just it was a joke. Like I'd be living in constant fear because I didn't know what I'd done. Like sometimes I'd be so mad just because so much vodka that I'd type in my own note like. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Well, not my own name. I type in tube soccer M to the search bar on Twitter to find out where I've been. I'd be like, oh, that's a photo from last night. This is how sad it was. I was like, that looks like it's in Putney. I didn't have a fucking clue where I was. How I managed to function and do a job. I was going to say, how did you? Like, you came in here and into Sky and and performed. Yeah, it was hard. It was hard. The amount of times I... I remember I did an interview with uh, Kelly Brook and Keith Lemon. And I'd been to Reading Festival and I'd been drinking all the way to the interview. I was battered. I think I ripped my top. But then luckily Keith Lemon ripped his top as well. Poor Kelly Brook was just sat there like... She obviously could smell me. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Because vodka like, mm. comes out of everywhere. Do you know what I mean? But I got that back to the edit suite and I, couldn't, I didn't know what I did. Everyone's like, Tubes, you're hilarious. And I'm like... I don't remember doing and that. And the problem is, if people are saying it's funny... Well, that was the point. You sort of... That was the point, yeah. Was there any part of you that thought, I almost need the booze to be that funny? No, nah, because I, I knew I was... I knew I am funnier without booze. Yeah, yeah, I mean, uh, three or four pints, hilarious. Yeah. Everyone was like, ah... Just take the edge off. Six pints, yeah. boring, because I was just right. like... Well, not six pints, I'm like, Do 15 know. pints, you know what I mean? Just like, just a knob in the corner, just going, uh, yeah. looking for the next drink. Yeah. And I'd have my 
jacket full of like vodka. What, like sn- sneaking booze into oh, places? Yeah. Oh, no, no, not even, not to drink it in the pub. Mm. But just so that you always had it. So I had it when I got mm. the cab home. Mm. So then I phoned a cab driver that I met a few months back. I used to just give him a load of money, just like, not that I had a lot of money, mm. but I'd just be like, yeah, can you take me to just drive around for a bit so I can drink vodka and play some music? It was mad. Like, my life was revolved around drink. So I'd be like, right, so I've got an interview on Wednesday. So I can't drink Tuesday, but it's in Manchester, so I'm, it will go well. And everyone, like the footballer, will be like, "That's quality, that tubes, That's quality, that." Straight away, I'd be like, "Drink." So I'd go to the train station, buy loads of drink, smoked at the time as well. So I go and buy. This is how mad I was. So I'd be like, "Right, so I'm going to need a cigarette," because I was highly addicted to that as well. So I'd buy deodorant. Go into those virgin toilets. You know when the, they someone starts speaking to you, go hello, I'm the toilet. Yeah. And I was like, oh, freaks uh, me out. It's, it's weird. Yeah, yeah. So I buy deodorant. I just, I just smoke cigarette, and I'd be like a fucking idiot. Do you know what I mean? Mm. I'm a bit, then I get home and be like, right, straight to the running mare in Cobham, and then by Thursday morning came, I'd be like gagging for a drink. So I'd be like, I've got to go and edit that piece that yesterday I was so happy about without alcohol. Now I'm like down, do you know what I mean, like panicking, like, oh shit, so then what would I do, I'd go to the off-licence, buy two or three little bottles of vodka, bang, 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 buy a pack of airwaves, you know, those chewing gums that are proper naughty, like, burn, just slap them in my mouth. And uh, what, hope that people wouldn't notice? Hope that people wouldn't notice. And were people noticing? Not really. Really? That's a surprise. A few people would, because I'd sober myself out, mm. there's a few times I miscalculated it. Then go I'll go down to Sarn Lane. There's an off license there, because again the monkey on the mm-hmm. the shoulder was going more alcohol, more, so I have to go down. <coughs> There's a few times I balls it right up, and that was not good. But and he, did you ever take drugs as well? Or was it never drugs, bit? never touch drugs. Mm. I don't know if I'd be alive if I took drugs because mm. I'm so addictive to things. Addicted mm. to things. So if I took drugs, I'd be like. Phew. So yeah, I was like so basically. Every weekend, I've moved back to live with mum to look after her. And she's like, every time I left the house, she'd be like, oh, God, what's going to happen? So she knew there was a problem. Yeah. I think a lot of people did. Mm. I wouldn't admit it. And if you're an alcoholic, the only person who can help you is you Mm. to say, I've got a problem. I need to stop. But was there a catalyst for that? Yeah. So what what, what was the the moment when you realised you could change? So I was coming to terms with it. And I kept trying to do, like, kept trying to do it, like, come off it. And uh, so I managed to do, like, three or four weeks, but then I'd split up with a girlfriend and be like, oh, fuck that, and just drink again. So anyway, I got offered to do one of these paid gigs in Manchester. And I still know when people say, oh, do you want to come and do this? And I will give you a bit of money. I'm like, I'm so lucky. Like, it's amazing. Like, I'm like... This is the best. You know, I'm so mm. what you know. And there's always a part of you that thinks that might those offers might dry up. You know, you've got to take them when they're there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was yeah. like, yeah, I do that. It was a right laugh. Mm. It was some building company, and I just had to sort of muck around. And I was like, that comes quite natural to me. I'm happy days. <coughs> so I went and did that. And then afterwards, they went, "Oh, do you want a beer?" I was like, "I'm not supposed to be drinking. Not supposed to be drinking." I went, "Oh, do you know what? Sod it." No, I'm no one. No one here. I'm not going to upset anyone, like my family or my brother or my mum. 
<coughs> so I was like, well, I'm going home tomorrow anyway. Because it's, so I was like, yeah. So it was a nice, hot summer's day. I just don't, you know, I don't know, whatever it was. And I was like, yeah, yeah, I'm not, this is really cool. Like, Everyone's like, oh, you were brilliant, really funny. And I was like, but yeah, I was like, oh, great. So then as soon as the first Cronenberg, the half of it went down, I was like, it just gave me this massive buzz. Like, a feeling of like, yes. Like, do you know what I mean? It was like, it's like injecting yourself with something. I've, like I said, I've never taken drugs, but it was like, oh, wow. Like, mm. everything's brilliant. Like, you know, do you know what I mean? So then there's no, t- I couldn't stop. I, I could not stop at once. I tried it once and it was like, I was proper gagging. Like, people, you know when people say, you don't go in the pub for one. You know, they make jokes. You can't just go for one or two. Mm. I literally couldn't. I've seen my mates do it. Quick in, pint, see your boys home. And I used to look at them, even when I was young, going, how have they done that? Because mm. I couldn't do it. I'd be like, I'd be planning the next one, especially later on down the line. So anyway, pints, 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 pints. Went into Manchester. I think I told some of my mates to come up. They jumped on a train, went to Manchester. Did the classic again, woke up the next morning in a hotel room, mini bar, doon doon, took it all. And they were staying up or something. So, and then that was it. You know when you're like a kid at Christmas, and you, you know that your stocking's there, and you're, you know, your Christmas presents done, and you get so excited. I was looking, so I had a few of the vodkas from the mini bar. Then I walked into Manchester, and I saw a pub. And it was open. It was like half six in the morning. Because I was doing my usual scout around trying to get more alcohol, but all the shops were closed. And I saw a pub, a Weatherspoon, and it was open. And I got that feeling, it's like, oh my God, it's like, this is the best thing ever. And how sad's that? Mm. I was like, so I went straight in the pub. And, I was and like, you were on your own? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Me and my music, I used to love it. That's the actual things I miss about drinking now, is just sitting outside, listening to music, having a few pints, but I, I can't. Do you mm. know what I mean? Mm. So anyway, I went in this pub, like, I was like, this is amazing. Seven o'clock in the morning, I'm allowed to, I'm not allowed to drink. No one's looking at me like, weird. Something like that, a few Cronenbergs. They're like, would you like any breakfast there? I was like, oh, absolutely not. I was like, can I have a shot, though? They were like, uh, yeah. They were like, are you the guy from... I was like, yeah. And then I was like, oh, Christ. So then I moved around to the corner. Just sat there for hours, just drinking. Probably talking nonsense to people on the phone. But anyway... Next thing I knew, I was in my mum's spare room at home. I woke up, I was like, looking out, I was in Manchester. I was like, and I couldn't work it out. So I was like, oh God. So I walked downstairs, tried to put on the acts like I did for years, and went, you right, mum? She's just like that. Couldn't even look at me. I was like, do you know what you've done today? I went, I just guessed. I went, yeah, just so you got the train back. You know, I was a bit tired. She was like, no. She said, I had to drag you all the way down Cobham Station uh, platform. I was like, she was in tears. I was like, then the fear came in. I had the shakes. Mum's crying. I was like, this has got to stop. This is absolutely ridiculous I don't even remember I lost all my bag imagine my poor mum mm. middle of the afternoon and getting over dragging the me death down of your father as well you know this is I mean? like I a like, massive you selfish yeah. bastard I was like I've got to stop this and I did 
That was it. And that was it. So what happened? Just said, I'll stop. She's like, I've heard it all before. I was like, no, I'll stop. So I went to one AA meeting, and it wasn't for me. And I just figured out, if I don't put that first drink to my mouth, these five days that follow won't happen. So I started slowly. It was hard. Because my whole life was like, Chelsea, because I got a season ticket at Chelsea. Mm. Chelsea's drink day. I sometimes wouldn't even remember the match. But all those little triggers, like Chelsea, after the interview, the buzz came, and then the, 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 the like drink, drink, drink came. So I was like, no, no, no. And then I found the gym. So I was like, right, I need to do something. Got to get that fix from somewhere. I need to get a buzz from yeah. somewhere. I yeah. need the buzz. So. Mm. And when was the gym enough for that? It had to be, because I couldn't let my mum be like that again. No. So I was grumpy. Mm. But then I suddenly, it gets easier. Like I say to a lot of people now that ask me, and like a lot of people direct message me on Instagram saying, because I'm quite open about it, because I think it helps people, do you know what I mean? Definitely. Yeah, so that's why I, I don't do it to go, oh, yeah, I beat alcohol, oh, yeah. you know what I mean? Because nothing, it's nothing to be like proud of that you're an alcoholic. Well, it, but no, yeah. But do you know what I mean? Definitely I, I, I speak out about it so <clears throat> other people <clears throat> who have the same problem, because you know it's peer pressure in this country. You, it's in it's that's what we do in it. Mm. Pub, pub. Where, where should we meet? Pub. You know, in different countries, as in America, you can go to the beach or I don't mm. know you, because of the weather, I suppose. But in the, it's, it's the culture here. Mm. Meet down the pub. It's definitely harder to say no. Yeah, and you know, I was just one of those people that just did it. So. Mm. A lot of people direct message me like, "Can you help me?" And I try, I try and get their number and phone them because my fingers hurt texting long messages. I mean, so I try and phone as many people as I can to help. Um, but I mean, just how hard was it? Is it to resist that first drink? I mean, because as you say, it's been part of you for like thirty years. Bloody hell. Yeah, well, Start not thirteen. No, no, so you about sixteen when you were sixteen years. Problem. Yeah. So, uh, and I've then been you were about yeah, so about eighteen years. I give up what three and a half years ago. So you've been sober three and a half years. Yeah. Well, you've not even had a sip of alcohol. No, I can't. That is unbelievable. Yeah. Wow. God, congratulations. Oh, thank you. No, that is that is incredible. Yeah, from what I was. So yeah, it's been. And what about your mum? How, how oh, I mean, she's she so proud of you. No, she doesn't have to worry no more. So she's like, she loves it. That's amazing. Yeah, it's good. And and how have you filled that void? So you've done it. You've done it first and foremost, from what I can gather, for your mum. That was, you know, yeah. she's key in that. And then obviously the gym's tried to fill a bit of a void, but you've you've thrown yourself into work more. What, yeah. What, what work, other things have you? YouTube channel. Yeah. Uh, play a lot of golf now. The gym. Um. One thing it annoys me, well not annoys me looking back, is alcohol ruined, like, like, all my mates now are like 35, like my age, 36, 37, they're all like married with kids. Mm. But my love for 10, 15 years, like I was saying, was vodka and Cronenberg. So I sort of, I look back now sometimes and go, mm. you know, that's, because I, I had girlfriends, mm. but I was a liability. And you weren't in the right place I mean, to like, properly commit nah, to someone. And imagine, yeah. imagine having, like, your girlfriend thinking I want to have kids with this guy mm. who can be the nicest person as soon as he has a half a beer he's he's gone but your personality didn't change 
Like you weren't, you weren't a bad drunk, were you? Well, no, but but, I wasn't, but no, but obviously it's impossible to be around when someone's smashed and it's a well, yeah. If you're thing, getting up, do you know what I mean? That if you're getting up in the morning, yeah. the next morning, you wake up yeah, next yeah. to your girlfriend and you're gagging for a drink. Mm. It wasn't it? Yeah. Wasn't the case that I could just go? Mm, I'll leave that. Yeah. I had to get it. Mm. So it's like of, she's in a relationship with you and the drink. Yeah. It's like, yeah. So I'd be like, she, yeah. and they'd work it out. They'd be like, where are you going? I'd, like, I'd start off like yeah. saying, I'm just going to go and make breakfast, like get some eggs or something. I was fucking lying. I was going down, bash, 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 bottles of vodka, and then come back with some eggs. She'd be like, oh, you, you, you're not rough this morning. I'd be like, no, no. I was still like, I just topped up. Yeah. But then... You, weren't, you didn't give yourself enough time to be no, hungover. No. Yeah. But then she'd be like, oh, do you want to go for a walk? Like... Which I'd love doing now. Yeah. Which I, when I was so, if I hadn't been out the night before, I'd love to do. But then I'd be thinking, no, nah, because I'm going to have another craving in a few hours. Mm. So I'd be like, yeah, yeah, but then maybe we stop for lunch at a pub. Do you know what I mean? And then she'd be like, are you drunk? It'd be like, no, nah, just a bit tight. They'd be like, and it'd cause so many arguments. Mm. So that's one thing I look back on and go, hmm. No, do you do you appreciate different things now? You like you said you like to walk now. Are there other things that you just hadn't noticed in life that you are able to sort of see the value in now that you don't have booze? Everyday life. Really? Yeah. That's when, lovely. When you you don't drink, you you realise you have so many more hours because like if you think about it, you go out and you get up late, you're hanging or in my case looking for the next drink, you blanket like there'll be weekends I'll be like what have I done I wouldn't even know I'd be like well that's a waste yeah now it's like I'm up at six every morning like to the gym playing golf you know what I mean I just do so much stuff now yeah but you take that for granted because when you're in that sort of state it's just ongoing like feel depressed I keep saying depressed do you know what I mean feel really down but do you know what don't feel bad about saying depressed you know because it yeah, yeah, takes true. lots of different guises I think some people almost feel guilty saying that they've got depression because they go well maybe I'm not as depressed as the next no, person no 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 because I, I've been through depression yeah I had that when the, the postnatal the, not postnatal the post-traumatic stress you know what I mean too well to be yeah. postnatal like, wow yeah so I've no, had that yeah. so I know what it feels like but, but when it you, takes different forms yeah it? true I mean, but when you're applying yourself with straight mm, vodka mm, lots of mm, like sometimes two or three big bottles like that a day that gives you what does it mean it makes you down doesn't it mm. it's a depressant mm. so that's what I mean by that right because there's some actual people who do suffer from depression mm. without any alcohol so I was just adding to that with vodka if you know what I mean mm. so, so a couple of years later mm. something crazy happened you have a heart attack yeah, so I, guess, <laughs> I mean that I was like how's your luck how's your bloody luck Beat alcohol, never been for it in my life, and then I have a heart attack and nearly die. And you were like, <laughs> thanks, thirty-five at yeah, the time. Two years ago, it's yeah. thirty-five. Yes, yeah, so I'm thirty-seven now. Um, yeah, I had a big hole in my heart, and never knew. And had so you had an existing condition that you didn't know about. Yeah, I had a hole in my heart. You know, you was know, that hereditary? Did you? Was there any well, history we, of that? And plus, we have heart problems in the family. Oh, yeah, so. Um, and plus, let's let's not beat around the bush. My past obviously mm. did not help. You abused your body. Yeah, I mean, yeah. let's. I, I'm saying it, it was the, what was caused. It was the mm. hole in the heart. Mm. But you know, drinking bottles of vodka straight, 
is not good for you. And what was your diet like when you were drinking? Because I would. I didn't really eat. eat. I didn't eat. But then on a Sunday night when I was on the come down, whatever. When I say come down, that's not drugs, by the way. The come down of alcohol. Um, I'd eat Chinese pizza. Just crap. But then do you know what? During the week, I could go five days without. Do you know what I mean? What, without booze? Yeah. So this is the problem. Like, people think an alcoholic is someone who drinks every day. It's not. An alcoholic is someone who can't control their relationship with drink. Right. So there's two types. Some people drink every day because they can't control their, their relationship with booze. Or some people just binge. But I was addicted to it, so that's an alcoholic. Right. So I could go three or four days without. But then some days you'd wake up and be the first thing you think about. No. That would only be if I'd drunk the night before. So if it was in my system, I'd have like oh, five hours kit. Right, right, right. Yeah, so it's in the yeah. system. So once yeah. it's out the system, mm. it was hard to get it out. I could be, I could go three or four days without. I'm going to come back to your heart attack in a minute. Yeah. God, that's not something <laughs> I'd expect to say. After the break, we'll talk about your heart attack. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but just to finish on, on the alcoholism, what advice would you give to somebody that thinks they don't have an out to this because everybody's different of course but I'm conscious of the fact that you tried AA and you said it wasn't for you you just stopped like that for me shows incredible willpower and you say that you've got an addictive personality yeah. but what did you channel in those moments where you had to resist booze what do you still channel now because, you know, there'll be a lot of people out there going, I can't do that. Yeah, that's bloody hard. You can, because I've done it. And, you know... It's but you not, have to have a strong enough reason to, to do it. The first thing I'd say to someone who thinks there's an alcoholic or suffering with, like, alcohol dependency is speak. Say to someone, I've got a problem. Mm. Once someone can share that pain with you, if you like, then you feel such a sort of relief that you've said it. Because oh, you're admitting it to yourself. Yeah, I've been for years. Did you? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I said to you earlier that I, I sort of knew, mm, was that 16, 17, mm. that I wasn't normal. <coughs> I remember a few times like my uncle would be in the pub with me at Chelsea and he'd just look. Because I, I wouldn't muck around with pints. I'd get it, drink it. Like They'd be like halfway and I'd be getting my second. They'd be finishing their first, I'd be in my third. And then just... And I remember when I was younger, like they'd go, they'd be like, can't look, we, you get a bit angry like what are you doing mm. I'd be like what I thought it was normal and so, did you get angry back not really because no. I, I, like I said I sort of knew, you knew yeah, yeah. Um, so I denied it for years but trust me it does ruin a lot of things and it's not worth it mm. so just tell people or if you don't want to tell people go to go and get help because AA, AA meetings might be there were so many people in these AA meetings and they were like, it's the best thing. I was speaking to them afterwards. I was like, it's my first one. And they were like, I live by it. I haven't had a drink for 10 years, but I come here every day or every two days. And for me, I, I didn't... I found it all a bit like... I didn't want to... Because like I said, I'm shy. I didn't want to be reading stuff like all these things out of a book. Mm. I, I sat in the back and listened. And it, it was really helpful, actually, because a man came and he was like, I was a successful businessman. And this is what, and it's what he said was like, that's what I did. Like blank out, wife left him, had a two million pound house, just drunk, drunk, drunk. 
Um, and I could relate to that. Not the two million pound house because yeah. I work at Skype. Do you know what I mean? But I could relate. Like it was all going. I'd lost a girlfriend. Mum's getting upset. My brother was like, I don't want to go for a pint with him. Friends were like, Nah, should we just go for a curry? Like, I see all the similarities he was saying on a bigger scale. So that helped me, but I didn't really like the way it was structured. But that's not to say that someone else wouldn't. Mm, yeah. People are different. Mm. I also saw a counsellor, but I spent probably a year lying to him. I paid him quite a lot of money per hour, but that was just to keep mum happy. <laughs> so he said, what's the problem? I said, I'm a binge drinker. He went, okay. He was like, so what do you drink? And If you go to Chelsea, what do you drink? First lie. I went, mm, six pints. He went, okay. What was the truth? Oh, about, well, probably four little bottles of vodka on the way there. Right. Uh, four or five before the game. I'd buy some vodkas for half time. Then have three pints. Go to the toilet in Matthew Harding. Smoke out in the cubicle like a saddo. Drinking vodka. Watch, watch second half like that. <laughs> then go out and then blank out and then yeah. do the same thing on Sunday morning, drink again. So, yeah, it was all lies. So then I'd go back the next week, he's like, how did you do? And I went, well, oh, I think I did eight pints. And he told me at the end, he's like, I knew you were lying. Yeah. But I can't tell my client that he's a liar. Yeah. So he's proud of me and as well. And do you, like worry? you need to go and do whatever's best for you, yeah. but speak. Yeah, yeah. So whether you speak mm. to your fram- family, your friends, AA meeting, counsellor, you have to speak out. Mm. Don't suffer alone. It's difficult though, isn't it? Really difficult. Do you ever worry about a relapse? No. There's been a few times that well, I got really hyped about a good good interview or YouTube going really well. Like Back in the day, I'd have ruined this already. Like, like, I've got 250,000 views on one video. I'd be like, crash, smash, like, yay. I'd have ruined it by now. But there's a few times a little, the monkey on the shoulder mm-hmm. again is going, oh, time for a beer. And I just think of like my mum crying, getting dragged along, I can't remember, but I just picture all these things and really quickly that urge is gone. That's amazing. Yeah. So that's how I've dealt with it. Mm. And what about association? Like, do you go back to Chelsea now and yeah, watch okay. the game sober? Yeah. And never have that kind of like hankering no. to go and get some booze. No, that's amazing. Yeah. I mean, honestly, tubes, that is amazing. Yeah, but like the that's first incredible willpower. Well, yeah, I've done pretty good. You really have. But yeah. like the first six months was hard. I'd, I'd started not going for a bit because there's so, because many, of the so many triggers there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So many triggers like there, like the, the pub downstairs, you know. So, but now I just love it. Driver, do you know what? It's funny because um, people always say that it's about reassociating those things rather than blank it out and say, "I'm just not going to do it." Mm. Go, but associate it with something different. And I know that's probably easier said than done, but um, you know, it's something as simple as a song. You know, you know how like a song can come on the. <laughs> stick with me on this. Yeah. You know how a song can come on the radio and it, you can remember a traumatic time or an X 100%. or something, and you go, "I oh, just turn that radio off. Yeah. Just turn it off." The trick, apparently, is just to keep listening until you reassociate it. I, ha- I had this after I gave birth. I had real issues after giving birth because it was such a traumatic birth. And I could not talk about the birth. I could not deal with the emotions. I couldn't confront it. 
And in the end, I went to see someone who said to me, you have to just keep talking about it until it's associated with happy thoughts and until it doesn't become a problem anymore. See, that's interesting. But it took a lot. Yeah. The anxiety tied up in it. I had a a birthing playlist, right, on my iPhone. And I planned this whole... Sorry, I'm digressing slightly here. No, that's good. But I I had this birthing playlist and I had all these beautiful songs on it. And... Gonna make me sorry. Makes me emotional thinking about it. But I would listen to the music, yeah. and I would be so caught up in how difficult the birth was, and I thought I lo- was going to lose my baby, and then I thought I was, you know, potentially going to die. I couldn't listen to any of that music ever again. And any song, there was probably sixty songs on it. Any song from that playlist came on the radio. Or came, on, I'd just turn it off. And um, in the end, I've made myself start listening to it and say, I've got this beautiful baby boy. I'm so lucky yeah. that that's, that song is a thing of joy rather than a thing of anxiety. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, totally. So I don't know. I don't know what the point I was making, no, but no, it, is, it is interesting how your it's, brain it's, it's works. Right, though, it's because it's, it's different mm. for different people. Yeah. Like for you to do that is incredible. And you can you've got the willpower and then the brain strength to turn that around. No, but it took a long time. Yeah, yeah. But it's like me going to Chelsea. Yeah. Like, like at first I was like, no, I'm not listening to those songs going to Chelsea. Mm. But now I'm like, this is amazing. Mm. So it, it does turn out for the best. Mm. But you know, I wouldn't go and I wouldn't go and stand in a pub. I mean, can you go I, into pubs? I now? can do, but, but I find it boring. Yeah. Like I could, you could put you could get a, you could get a pint of Cronenberg now and put it straight in front of my face. It wouldn't bother me. What would what would balls up my whole life is if I had one sip, and I mean one sip. That's why, like, when I get a glass now and it's just water, I'm like, smell it. Because I swear to God, if I drunk it and it was vodka, that would be it. Wow. That I'd be back on it. Yeah. So it's, yeah. you have to be careful going to pubs because you never know what you you know. Yeah, that's yeah. What, is that my sparkling water? Oh, oh no, that's gin and tonic. Come on, let's have it. So that's what it would be like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Blimey. Um, so, listen, on the heart attack, yeah. I mean, yeah, that still that's still blows my mind that you had a heart attack. And thank God, um, you know, and I know about the story of the sequence of events that you were, your mum had a phone on her when you oh, text her, mad. which is crazy. And, you know, the fact that the paramedics were able to react so quickly and everybody had this role in saving you, which is awesome. Yeah. What, what did it do to you... Um, longer term in terms of your own mortality and vulnerability and changing you as a person did it change you as a person as it made you kind of be more grateful or what what sort of the lasting effects do you think mm, no not really and only because admitting I was an alcoholic and changing my life around that all happened then mm. the grateful like the change of life really? like I'm glad to be here sort of thing that was just a complete ball ache, if I'm honest. That did, was just it, like, did it have an impact on really, you not, psychologically? It, it, yeah, but little things like if I'm driving along now and I get indigestion yeah. and I burp and it doesn't go, I start panicking. Little things like that. Really? But Have you, ha- have you had any um, sort of surgery to prevent, you know... Yeah, I've got a stent. I've got a stent and I'm on... My heart's working at 55% now, I think it was, last time we checked. Yeah, but you look at me like that. But that's that's good. I can do anything I want. Wow, it's, so it's harder still to lose stuff. Yeah, I train every day now. It's harder to lose weight because some of the pill, um, the, some of the pills I'm on, 
um, slow down the heart and stuff. Yeah. They did explain it. Yeah, I'm on that. I'm on. I was on twelve a day. Oh my God. I could feel myself rattling around every time I walked. I'm like <laughs> <laughs> but now I'm, only, I'm I'm down to four now. So. And you feel good? Yeah, I feel good. I feel good. Sometimes I get a bit tired, but I take that all day. Yeah. Could be dead. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So no, sometimes a bit tired, but it's the pills. Like I, I came off some pills and they went. Mm, actually, your cholesterol's low or something, or your heart. Not life-threatening, but they go, it's not, you've got to get to these levels. Mm. And I go back on some more pills, and that sort of takes its toll. But on the whole, I'm good. I'm good. But it was, yeah, it wasn't it wasn't great fun. But I know what you mean by, you know, do you look at life any differently? I would have done massively mm. if I hadn't gone through all the stuff yeah. with the alcohol, yeah, because yeah. that was the true, like, awakening, if you like, of like, wow, life's it, good. Do you know what it I mean? feels like you've had a whole life at the age of 37. It yeah, feels like you've <laughs> quite a lot, haven't yeah. I? Become an alcoholic, had a heart attack. Um, but no. Um, Award-winning broadcaster. I mean, you probably haven't. Have you won an award? I think you should. Let's create one. I think I won uh, Zoo's Coolest Man. Yeah. No, I came fifth place. Don't Take get me wrong. Take fifth that. place, I thought I'd take that. It's only because Rockets help people to vote for me, but yeah, I'd take that. <laughs> Zoo's defunct a long time ago, <laughs> yeah, isn't it? Exactly, but Deeply I've still, I've still got the, I've still got this, the, the trophy you? somewhere like that. Yeah, I'm pretty cool. Oh. Um, Tubes, it's been an absolute pleasure. No, Thank you it. for oh. your company today. And um, yeah, I'd, I'd like to say let's go down the pub, but I won't do that to you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> let's Love sit it. and go and create some some award-winning YouTube content. Yeah. Hey! I've got to get you on, actually. Oh, I'd love yeah, to. Yeah, we do something. It'd be good. I mean, I'm terrible at golf. Don't matter, but so am I. my long game's all right, actually. Yeah. I can I properly get a bit of welly behind it. I think yeah. it's from playing hockey growing up. I'm quite, But my short game, oh, my God, it's atrocious. Yeah, I've got no patience. It. I'm rubbish as well, so we'll do the four-hole challenge, yeah? Done. Lovely. Thank you. No worries. Thanks so much. I've always loved tubes on screen and certainly off it he sits about three rows behind me in the office at Sky and he genuinely brings a little bit of sunshine into my day and to all our days he's such a popular lovely guy and I really enjoy talking to him so thank you Tubes for your time and your conversation um, let us know what you think let us know who else you'd like on In The Pink we've got plenty more great guests on the way very soon thanks for your company until next time Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus. Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.